Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I've been watching this season of Next in Fashion, and I think this is my favorite Next in Fashion season thus far, which is really like kind of surprising because normally you would think like the first season of a show is like the best, most impactful. And for example, like The Circle, the first season of The Circle, in my opinion, was like one of the best. Um, And then it becomes like kind of difficult because you're essentially doing similar things with different people, right? But this season, this of Next in Fashion is so good. Tan and Gigi, perfect hosts. Gigi also makes an amazing host. I think she needs to continue hosting things. I also think it was a very strategic move that she was put as a host for this season because she had previously, like not long ago, I'm assuming like not long before they started filming, she launched Guest in Residence, which is her brand her clothing brand and she's the founder and creative director so I think they're trying to position her even more as like a fashion authority on the design spectrum as opposed to just a model or the face of brands but I thought that was a really smart move I don't know if that's what they did but I'm assuming that's what they did um and the contestants this year were so good first of all three people from Atlanta okay Nigel Amari and Desiree uh who has a store Todd Patrick is in Atlanta if you live in Atlanta it's in the Buckhead Village I'm literally about to go there probably well at the time of this recording so by the time this episode gets released I've already gone um (laughs) but I just I love I I think like from like a little bit of a sappy perspective Atlanta has been really fighting for its place um to get put in the map put on the map as a fashion capital and I think that this show has really done that especially with Nigel winning the show um and it's just I it's just like such a such a great I love this it's a win for the entire city so if you know at some point Nigel ever hears this episode congratulations Nigel like literally all of Atlanta is so proud of you um but The show made me think of a couple things I was watching and I was like, oh, I kind of want to talk about the concept of like visionaries versus makers or, or, or thinkers versus makers and the different types of creatives that exist because oftentimes we get put into boxes, especially if you're applying for like an agency job or an in-house brand job. Um, You do know that like most of these job descriptions are basically like copy and pasted from like other brands. And oftentimes because the creative industry is so small, brands and leaders themselves, even like marketing leaders, like don't really know how to hire creative creatives and how to um, figure out what somebody's skill set really is, how they can best take advantage of that skill set and invest into that person. And so if you're somebody who's hiring creatives, this is a great episode for you. If you are a creative, hopefully this will help you communicate your value to like a potential employer. Um, but I, 
I really wanted to talk about this because I have never seen anyone discuss this. Not trying to exaggerate, like I'm dead serious. Um, so a little little backstory, and I'll also tell you like why I got inspired by Next in Fashion to do this episode. Because when you, I want you to like go back and maybe watch the show, or if you haven't yet watched the show, watch it now with this perspective. Okay, so a little a little a backstory. When I was in ad school, um, you know traditionally in the agency world, art directors specifically are thought of like as basically graphic designers with like some, some concept capabilities. And in reality, the traditional role, the traditional role of an art director and one that grows into becoming a creative director, in other words, one who directs creativity, is somebody with a director personality and capability. It involves people management. It involves idea management. It involves timeline and project management of the execution. Your skill set really lies in like the vision and the idea and making it something that will start a conversation, captivate attention, involving some of that neuromarketing and psychological aspect into things. And then pitching it to a client, to potential team members, so the art of like selling an idea and then managing the people that you have now found to help you execute it to ensure that the vision you have in your head comes to life in the way that you expect it. So there's a little industry joke that goes around that like art directors kind of have a God complex <laughs> and, and our creative directors have a God complex because um, it's like we're literally hiring people to execute our vision. Um, it is a joke for some people it does apply though, (laughs) but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but my theory is that there are two different types of creatives in the world. You have the visionary you have, and you have the, the maker. Like I said, in ad school, we were kind of forced to do, to be both, to be a, a very successful, equal hybrid of both. In other words, as an art director, you have to also be very technically strong at design and execution. And I wasn't, okay? I can design and I can execute. um, And that was really important for me, more so from an aspect of like, how do I speak the language of a graphic designer, motion designer, a director, producer, a writer? Let me learn some of their craft so that I can use their language to them. You know, it's kind of like, going to a foreign country, sometimes it's nice to learn some of the words just to be respectful. Same aspect here. Um, But I would always get dinged for craft. Like my feedback and critique on every project that I did was like, this idea is so strong. This is amazing. And I love the mock-up and you totally sold it to me. However, you know, you could have put a little shadow here and you could have like, you know, erased this and blah, blah, blah. Like I just, I stopped listening after somebody's like, the concept's really great because I am just like, that's fine. Like we can find somebody to fucking execute like the typography and all this other stuff. So I almost immediately knew that I was more so a thinker or a visionary. And that was where my gifts are. And that's where my talent lies and how a client or an employer or a collaborator can best take advantage of that skill set, best invest into me. Um, And also how I can best work with other people. Uh, to make something successful. On the other hand, there are makers 
And I'm, this is somebody who is really strong executionally. Okay. They're probably ones to really geek out about like shortcuts on Photoshop. They know all the different programs that you can execute something on. They, there's like literally personality types. They're probably ones that work really well alone. Like they're kind of like, okay, yeah, 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 this is great. Like, but I'm just going to sit here in this corner and like design these, these like social media assets and like, please don't bother me. Like they're going to be done on this day. A visionary is more somebody who's like, oh my God, do you need help? Like I can do this and I can do, do you like want to meet this other person on the team? Like we're like more trying to connect other people to each other. Um, Whereas makers are ones that the best way you can make use of them is through executional and technical skills and craft. So the feedback that I would get as a visionary being like, this idea is really, really strong, but the craft is ding. You know what I mean? Um, the maker would get really, really strong feedback on their craft, but maybe not as positive feedback on how it connects to the target audience or the concept in general. Like, okay, like what's the idea? So that the way that thing that it's thought of in like the traditional marketing space is that as an, like an art director, I'm, I'm just using myself kind of as an example because I don't want to speak for somebody else's experience, but you get put into a box of both. You have to be able to think really, really well and you have to be able to like make really, really well. And I always like to say like my value that I bring to the table is the concept, the psychological aspects of like human behavior that are interwoven into there so that we can actually connect with the target audience because we're not making ads for ad people. We are making ads for the consumer. If the only people that are obsessed with your ads are fellow creatives, we have a problem. Like we have a serious problem because the people that need to be obsessed with your ads so that you can get an ROI is your customer. This is also why like on a little bit of a tangent, um, while I personally do love award shows and I think brands should be celebrated for their creativity, I also want to note that you don't see consumers at award shows for marketing or, um, advertising or, you know, like can or the shorties or the webbies, the consumers are not there. It's brands, ad people, marketing people, creatives, you know, and the best ads in, in my opinion are ones that are inspired by the people that they're for. So that's where I come in somebody who can do that. And also visionaries think of things as in, in the following format. I think this can be the most helpful way of like summarizing it. Um, a visionary is one to ask, who do I need to find to help me solve this problem? Who can help me solve this problem? A maker thinks of things as how can I solve this problem? So being, um, um, an, a true like director of art is in fact a lot more difficult than people make it out to be because you have to deal with people. You have to educate your clients on why this is the right choice, why this is the right vision. You have to deal with objections to people's, um, you know, desire to not want to invest in you because there's, there comes a bigger risk with hiring a strong visionary than a strong maker. Um, you have to fight like slightly different battles, right? Makers fight battles like, um, you know, oh, just make that or just recreate that. You know, they have to combat plagiarism or pe- some a client asking you to plagiarize. I have been in situations like that before where 
a client has told a graphic designer that I was working with that this is what we want. They downloaded an image from Pinterest and then they said that this, we don't need any additional changes. Recreate that. You know, so there's different battles that you're fighting. But essentially the reason why I got inspired to do this episode from Next in Fashion is because when I was watching, I like noticed very clear personality types. So I think this can help paint a picture of like, what's the difference between a maker and a thinker? And by the way, excuse me, there are hybrids. So there are people who can think and they can make. I technically, I guess you would consider me as like a hybrid, but personally, I'm a stronger thinker and I enjoy the vision part of it more than the making. I'd rather find somebody else to help me with that and manage them. And so in every single mainly role that I've really been in, I've ensured to fight for a leadership role to get direct reports when I was working in like corporate settings or even with clients because that's how I'm you're they're best able to make use of me is through the ideas the pitching and then guiding that project from idea to execution um so on next in fashion James for example is a visionary immediately out the gate he was like I don't really know how to use a sewing machine (laughs) but the ideas that he has are so great and like honestly I think he's he did fine with the sewing machine but like when he was working with Godoy for example Godoy was making and James was directing a lot of the ideation part of things um and Godoy had strong executional skills not saying that Godoy is not a maker but I'm just saying that like in that particular team that's how that worked Um, for example, Nigel is a maker. He has really strong, strong aesthetic, right? And a unique concept and is able to tie everything together. But when it came time to, you know, for the final and he was giving, given sewers, he had a little bit more of a difficult time managing those people. He, there were certain moments where I felt this energy of like, I just want to do it all myself, you know? So that's somebody who's a very, very strong maker, but at the same time, like he has a strong perception of, of vision and, and maybe the leadership aspect is something that he just needs to like get more experience doing. Right. So that's somebody that I would, I would say is like more of a maker visionary hybrid, but strong, but a little bit more strongly leaning towards a maker. Um, Amari, a really strong visionary, somebody who has consistently had construction and fit issues. So technically she's always getting dinged, but idea wise, she's really, really strong. Like the, the modern Jackie O suit that she designed was super cute. Um, and a different take on, you know, the era of the sixties. So those are kind of examples from like outside of me kind of in the real world that you can, you can see, but it's really important to understand whether or not you're, you're more of a maker or a visionary because that's how you're able to communicate your value. And also that's how like a team is able to make the best use out of you. Um, you know, if you're, and how you're able to like really sell yourself and like stand up for yourself because otherwise you get put into a box and, that's something creatives really don't like. Like we're not meant to go in fucking boxes. That's why we build our own. Like, (laughs) so I hope this was helpful and and painted a little bit of a picture and maybe inspired some thinking for you that if you felt this pressure to be a certain way that you had to 
be a visionary, but you enjoy making or that you have to be a maker, but you're more a visionary. Like it's okay to embrace the gift that you have. And now it's really about figuring out, all right, how do I pitch that? How do I sell that to people so that I'm doing things that I enjoy and I don't resent my clients, for example. Um, For me, like if I make shit, I will start to hate my client and my project and everything. (laughs) Whereas if you're like, all right, Kate, I need you to come up with the creative direction for this streetwear campaign that we're trying to launch. And I need you like, we need to find a stylist. We need to find models. Like just fucking work with the producer and we'll figure it out. I'm like, excellent. Yes, let's do it. Um, But if you're like, hey, Kay, we need you to design like social media assets for this or like edit this video. I'm like, bye, bitch. You're going to have to find somebody else. Um, Or I'm like, oh, I can find someone for you and we can kind of like direct it to be really, really cool. Um, So it's about understanding where your gifts fall, not having to feel like you need to conform and just really figuring out how to then sell that to a client or a teammate or a collaborator that you're working with. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at KateMob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.